Welcome back to another episode of Am I Doing This Right? I'm Corinne Fox. And I'm Natalie McMillan. And we are best friends, confidants, millennials, and the hosts of Am I Doing This Right? A life how-to podcast from the perspective of non-experts. And each week we cover a new topic and we drink a new little bevy. A new fun bevy, which is our, again, if we had merch, new fun, new fun bevy. bevy would be on there. We had some other ones too. Well, citizens arrest, obviously. Citizens arrest. Interesting. Interesting. I we haven't done interesting in a long I time. I haven't said interesting in a while. It's because it was only with the wine. Oh, the yeah. The wine was I always interesting. I couldn't think of anything else besides interesting. Right, because there's like no flavor. I mean, there is a flavor, but it's... It's yeah. so, you you know. It's just interesting. It's just interesting. Well, this week, you guys, we are talking role reversal, how to take care of your parents with Bailey Kitchen. We're going to be talking to her about her journey to becoming a full-time caregiver for her parents, what the process of becoming a caregiver is like, her thoughts on assisted living facilities, and how we can best prepare for our parents getting older because... Honestly, it's like, you know, it's inevitable. Yeah. Like, they're going to get, even though I have fairly young parents. I mean, my parents are both in their 50s. Yeah. But I'm the oldest child, and it's going to be me. Well, I'm going to be the one making the decisions, all of that. And also, like, you had pretty young parents, but I feel like, you know, obviously as time has gone on, people are having kids later and later. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people's parents are like, I mean, both of my parents are 65. Your you parents know? are in their 70s. Yeah. Yeah. Because people are having kids later. So yeah. it's like, this is a topic that's going to start hitting us earlier. You oh, know? no. Totally. Totally. And you guys know you can always write into the show with an episode suggestion at amidoingthisrightpod at gmail.com. Or you can write in for advice. We love giving you guys advice. And at the end of the episode, we're playing BFF quiz. Oh, no. I brought a drink. Oh, you did? Yeah. Oh. Do you want me to bring? Oh, yeah, yeah. Don't worry. Did, have we done this? No. Okay. You guys, I'm bringing the drink today. Oh, okay. Um, we are drinking the Dessois. Ah, <gasps> oh, Dessois. Dessois. Is that the sun? What's S-O-I? No, that'd be S-O-L. Soul. Yeah, soul. I don't know what it is, but it is a sparkling non-alcoholic aperitif made with maca, lemon balm, L-theanine, derived from... Green tea, and it has pear juice and yuzu juice, which is very popular right now. Oh, um, yeah, yum. it's pear juice, yuzu juice, Earl Grey tea extract, maple syrup, chamomile. So interesting. Oh, this is that's gonna be interesting. There Should you I go. shake it or no? No. Okay. It, nope. Don't. Have you tried this before? Um, I don't think so. Golden hour. Oh, it's definitely giving oh. lemon balm. Inspired by the French ethos of pleasure and restraint. That sounds very... Dessois makes sparkling non-alcoholic aperitifs and natural hmm. adapta adaptogens. Golden Hour is made... That's with... what I'm noticing they're doing with the non-alcoholic aperitif movement, is they put in adaptogens. So you get, like, so you feel, like, calm. Right. Like you would if you had a little, like, drink. Right. Like, mac maca powder or maca powder. Isn't it giving lemon balm? What's lemon balm? I don't know. It's just giving lemon oh. balm. Balm or balm? Balm. Lemon balm. Not what's going on with you. What's new with you? Hmm. What is new with me? You made a dentist appointment? I made a dentist appointment <laughs> all by myself, unprovoked. I know. But, unprovoked. But what did provoke it? Um, like, what was, like, what? where did you go from, I'm 
not doing anything, and now I'm going to book the dentist appointment. You know what's so weird? I actually have no idea. It was really? like 1230 at night a few nights ago. Natalie, the podcast will hold you accountable for that. <sighs> I know. The girlies have DM'd me, and they're like, are you going to bed on time? And I'm like, yes. Um, 12.30 at night booking a dentist appointment. <laughs> and I just was like, I don't know. It was right before I went to bed. Maybe I had some need to feel accomplished or something. Let me look at my, um, my at my confirmation to see what time it was. But I don't know. It's just it was on my mind, like in the back of my head, like, oh, you got to do that. Oh, this was at 12.52 a.m. 52 on what day? On a weekend? Saturday night. Okay, that's fine. So that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last night I went to bed at 11.30. Is that a good thing or a bad that's thing? That's a great thing for me. Oh, wow. For me, that's a great thing. Okay. I have been sleeping more. Okay, and we I love, do that love that for, for you. Me. Yes. Yeah. What about you? What's new? What's fresh? I'm going to Alaska. <laughs> you are. You are. I'm going to Alaska. This... I was going to say tomorrow because we usually record on Thursday. Thursdays, no. It, no today's no. a Monday. I'm all thrown off. Well, today's technically a Tuesday. Well, today is a Tuesday. Yeah. But yeah, I am going to Alaska this weekend and I, I'm not going to lie. I love Joe. I wasn't that excited for it, uh-huh. but now I'm getting more excited for it. Yeah. Getting I'm, closer, you get more excited. Yeah. We're going to go see the Northern Lights. We're supposed to stay in these little um, igloo-type things where you, like, that are open so you can, like, see the lights at all times of the day, even though I go to bed at 9 p.m., so I don't know how I'm going to Oh, oh, they But said, there's a time change, isn't there? No, because we're going up. I don't think so. Isn't it up and to the left? Oh, maybe it's one hour behind, but I don't think it's that far over. Oh, I don't I'm know going. what part you're going to. Fairbanks. Fairbanks, Alaska. It's, let's see. Fairbanks, Alaska time. Fairbanks sounds like something that'd be in New Jersey. Yeah, it's one hour back. It's 1 p.m. Okay. There. So that bodes well for you. That, oh, yeah. So now I can stay up till 10. Yeah. <sighs> maybe, you'll see I'll those, say, maybe you'll see those lights. They did say that they have an, uh, um, an alarm. Hopefully it's not scary. That goes off to notify you when they're visible so that if you oh, are sleeping, cool. you can like wake up and see it <gasps> at like 3 a.m. You know? Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'd be pissed. But I hope it's gentle and it's not like, yeah. like, wake the fuck up, bitches. In my hometown, <laughs> there was a, our fire alarm was the same sound as a nuclear. Oh, like, yeah. So one. like there were so many times where I would be out or whatever and it would start. And then tourists would like oh, start I would looking down. around, be like, oh, what? And I'd be like, it's just the fire. Like, it's just the fire alarm. That reminds me of the time that uh, me and my mom and my sister were in Hyde Park. And we were just strolling through in London. And all of a sudden we hear, boom, boom. And we're Americans. Okay? So we think shit's going right. down. Right. We're like, there are literal bombs dropping. Yeah. And so I go to my mom and Lee, I go, we're going to survive this. It's all good. Except for we look, no one else is freaking out. Nobody else freaking out. I'm talking like, boom. Come to find out, it's the queen's birthday and they set off cannons in the park. Um, oh. But they don't, you know, like, so everyone else is chilling. Right. But me and right. my mom and my sister hear cannons in the middle of the day and we think shit's going down. She's going down. Down. Yeah. Yeah, because here in the U.S. of A., a bomb going off wouldn't be surprising. Somebody shooting a cannon to, like, memorialize the queen, that would be very shocking. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't imagine it. I can't imagine. And I'm like, why is no one else freaking the fuck out? Like, I mean, the sound of it is, like, very much so. It's it's literally a a cannon. No one else is panicking but the three Americans. Like, oh, God, here it goes. Here it is. There was something the other day where I was at, and I was like, I... it is America and we can't be doing this. There was some sort of sound. 
that was like, no, we can't do this here. We can't. Yeah. We really can't. Yeah. Woo, well, anyways. Let's... How did we get on that topic? And it really snowballed from so many different things. Alaska. I don't know time. how we were in I don't know how we got here. I have no idea. I don't remember. I you wish... said something that made me think of. Oh, the alarm. The... Oh, yeah, yeah. We got, yeah. yeah, we really snowballed. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe I'll be making snowballs this weekend. This weekend. <laughs> I hope that I really, for your sake, hope I see the northern hope lights. that the northern lights are there. Yeah, because the thing is, you guys, they can't guarantee. Like, we we booked this, like, it's called Aurora Borealis. You guys yeah. can look it up. It's actually really cool. But they say, like, we can't guarantee you're going to see them. Right. And we are at the end of, like, northern the light season. season. So. Well, the other thing with Alaska, and I have no idea if this applies at this time of year, but I went during the summer, and it is light 24 hours a day. It could be dark 24 hours a day when I get there. Like Anchorage, Alaska in at 12.30 at night is as bright as, as it is outside right now. That has to fuck their circadian rhythm up. Oh, well, they all have to have, like, the blackout. Like, they are prepared for sleep. It's just not natural. It is not natural. I was so freaked out by it when I was there. Shoot, I'm because I was young. I was like ten or That's something. That's be so fun when you're young, though. You know, like well, you want to stay up late, and it's like, wow, it's still late out. I know. Well, I remember we were like walking, and I asked what time it was, and I think my mom was like, "It's eleven forty-five," and it was night, and I was like, "What?" Like my brain yeah. couldn't. No, it makes sense. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Well, we'll see if it's dark the entire time I'm there. <sighs> We're going to find out. Okay, so let's bring on Bailey and let's talk about how we found her. Yeah, so we found her on the good old Tiki Talk. Hopefully it still exists. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't this know what's airs. going on with that. Who knows? But after watching some of her videos, we started to ask ourselves a lot of questions about what we would do if we were faced with a scenario where we needed to take care of our parents. And, you know, because we love a statistic, we did some research and discovered that about 30% of the American population cares for disabled, chronically ill, or elderly family members. Wow. So it's a lot more common than people may think and maybe even something some of our listeners are in the midst of. Yeah. Or, you know, you know we need to start preparing for it, at least yeah. or thinking about. So let's introduce Bailey before she comes on here. Bailey Kitchen is a caregiver for both of her parents who suffer severe brain damage and problems with memory loss. You may have come across her videos sharing her experience as a caretaker on TikTok, where she has over half a million followers. Wow. Let's bring let's on bring Bailey. Her on. Bailey. Hey, Bailey. Hey, guys. How are you? We are good. We're so excited to talk to you. Yes. yes we, I'm so happy to be here. We were yeah. saying at the top of the episode, this affects so many people. And even if you're not there yet, like just having this knowledge ahead of time or like even knowing what we should start preparing or start thinking about or the conversations mm -hmm. we, we should start having now is really beneficial. So we're so happy that you're talking to us today. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm all about making sure everybody is set for the future, especially, you know, I wasn't set. And then when things started happening in my life where things like that would have been in handy, it really, it really changes how you view 
things that are uncomfortable to talk about and that people don't want to talk about. Yeah. Well, speaking of that, before you became a caregiver for both of your parents, where were you in life and where did you kind of see your trajectory going? Well, when I became a caregiver for my mom first, uh, before my dad, I was 26. I had just moved into my first apartment and I was working. I was actually at Target. So, I mean, I didn't really have a set plan for my future. I wanted to move. I, you know, I live in North Carolina and I've lived in the same city for about 15 years now. So I was, you know, hoping that, you know, me and my, my daughter and my fiance could move and we could, um, you know, we didn't really have a plan, but that's, you know, the fun thing about not having anything hold you back is you don't have to have a true plan or like anything that you really want to do. It's like open to, whatever you want to do. So I was just really looking forward to having my own place for the first time and experiencing life out of my parents' house, really. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so now, I mean, spoiler alert, you're a (laughs) full-time, you're a full-time caregiver for both of your parents. Um, And so can Mm -hmm. you tell us about kind of the series of events that led you to becoming a full-time caretaker for your parents? And did you have time to prepare? Did it kind of happen out of the blue? Like what, what led you to where you are now? So it absolutely, I was not prepared for any of it. My mom, when she had an accident, my mom went into DKA, which in medical terms is diabetic diabetic ketoacidosis, um, which is when your blood sugar raises to a certain point where your organs start to shut down. And so my mom's heart shut down, cut off oxygen to her brain permanently. And then so she was hospitalized in June of 2020. And then by the end of June, I had a neurosurgeon calling me saying, your mom's gonna need full-time care she can't live alone anymore. She can't handle her finances. She won't be able to drive. So she needs somebody who can do this. And I was just like, yeah, what do you do um, when you get that call? You know, right. Well, the first call they told me was, you know, your mom is in the hospital. She's been brought here and she might not make it. And I was in Wilmington, which is a beach about four hours away from my home at the time uh, when she was put in the hospital. So we drove in the middle of the night because I thought my mom was going to pass away at that time. And then thankfully she didn't. And thanks to the doctors and, you know, science and all that, she made it out, you know, alive. But it was immediately me me being independent and my mom being an independent, you know, world traveling businesswoman to somebody needs to take care of your mom now. And you don't, there isn't much time. Like you have a couple days to make that decision. So It was that. And then, you know, a year and a half later, my dad uh, was diagnosed with dementia and I got very similar a call from, you know, we put him in the hospital. And then a couple of weeks later, somebody called me a doctor, a neurosurgeon, and was just like, your dad can't drive. He can't live by himself. He can't. And I was just like, oh, my (laughs) God, I just heard this phone call like an hour or not an hour ago, a year ago. But it felt. Yeah. crazy. And it was just both of them, you know, my parents have family, but you know, my dad's only family is his mom who's in her eighties and she's in a wheelchair most of the time. So she wouldn't be able to take care of him. And my mom's mom is suffering from memory issues and her sisters have whole families and lives and everything like that. So, I mean, when it came down to it, it was put on me and my sister and 
my younger sister is uh, 25 years old. At the time, she was 23, and she was in school. She was sharing a house with roommates, and she didn't really have the opportunity to move and, you know, take on my parents at the same time. So it was really yeah. just like, Bailey, you are the only one that can do this. And I was like, all right, let's do it. Oh, my wow. gosh. And so they're and they're separated, right? Or they're divorced? Yeah, my parents have been divorced since like 2005. But you guys all live live together? together. (laughs) Yes, and now we all live in the same house together. And people are always like, why don't your parents sleep in the same bed? Like, why don't they hug? Well, they're divorced. (laughs) They're not together. That's why. That is so crazy. I I feel like there's a a TV show to be had about this. Honest to God. Yes. We're having somebody come down. Yeah, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. Oh, saying, no. Well, you are documenting it on TikTok, which is which is how we found you. But there is there's something so heartwarming about what you're doing. And obviously, you know, so many people would show up for their parents in this way. But really, the way that you are and the way you're sharing it and then so selfless. Yes, there is. Oh, thanks, guys. And I'm sure there's I'm sure there's as difficult as it is. There's moments of comedy there or there's gotta be it's hilarious a lot of the time and like my family's always used humor as a way to cope and I find that laughter truly is the best medicine and in times of you know scaredness and unsure I don't know I'm so bad at vocabulary no uncertainty Uncertainty. Thank yeah. you. In times of uncertainty, laughter truly makes everything better. No, yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, I'm curious, though, about when you became their caretaker, were there like legal procedures you had to do? Like, do you have to sign a document? Oh, yeah. yeah oh, yeah. OK. Yeah. How does oh, that yeah. actually work? So, I mean, you can choose not to do any of those things. You can choose not to become power of attorney, not to get a will, anything like that. And you know, just hope for the best when your loved one passes away. But the thing with like insurance and stuff like that is when you have a family member that's put on Medicaid like that and something happens to them and they pass away, Medicaid will take everything. They will take their house, even if, you know, it's even, you know, people think Medicaid is an insurance that people get and it's like charity, but it's not like they will take everything from you when you pass away. So I looked at it like my mom, if I'm going to come and live at her house, you know, move out of my apartment, uproot my whole life, because her big thing was she wanted to keep her house. Mm. So I was like, Mom, if you want to keep your house, you have to put my name on the house. And we need to get a will and testament and all that. And I had to become um, her power of attorney and then eventually my dad's power of attorney. And that, you know, luckily our parents, and I don't know about your guys's, but they seem to have like this kind of they get defensive when it comes to you wanting to take over for them in Mm -hmm. situations like that, medical power of attorney, financial power of attorney, all that. And if you just have the conversation of like, you know, this is just what ifs, and this is if you become unable to make decisions for yourself that I can. So I absolutely, the first thing I had to do was become power of attorney over both of them because Um, you know, doctor's offices and stuff won't speak with you or they won't let you in the room with them if you're not power of attorney. And then uh, wills. Yeah, because like HIPAA. Yeah, they like HIPAA violation. And if they're not in their right state of mind, you know, some people diagnosed with dementia can be really mean and they think the, the world is out to get them, which I completely understand how scared they are. And, you know, some people with dementia would be like, 
no, I don't want her in the room with me. I don't want her knowing what's going on with me just because mm -hmm. out of pure confusion. So that's where something like power of attorney really comes in handy. Um, yeah. And it, we definitely are still in the process of doing the will and testament for my dad just because, you know, we have you have to get a disability lawyer. The great thing about disability lawyers are is they won't take a cut of anything until you receive disability and then they take like a portion of it. So it's not like you have to come up with a bunch of money up front. Right. Yeah. That's usually people's big thing is I can't afford a lawyer because I can't pay for it. And luckily with disability, they have those issues. But um, it's been uh, it's been over a year with my dad and we're still going through the process. It's wow. a lot. Such wow. A, yeah. Well, another like legal avenue that I know um, a lot of people do, especially with these types of like brain things or memory loss is conservatorships. So what oh, are your yeah. thoughts? Like, what is your thought on that? And would you get one? Or technically, I guess maybe you are a conservator? That I that is a great question. I don't have a conservator a conservator. Wow. Ship. I don't yeah, have that over my parents. <laughs> yeah. But I do like, I guess you're right. Being technically power of attorney is the same thing, just a lot less strict in my opinion. Yeah. If yeah. it comes to the point where like, my parents are needing to make, you know, really serious decisions and they are cognitively not in their right mind, then maybe that was something I would consider if, you know, my lawyer, uh, you know, wanted me to go that route. Yeah. But honestly, ever since Britney Spears, I just have such a negative I know, with that, with that with word. It. I know. Yeah, yes. I think we all and do I'm, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm just like, you know, is this something because my big my parents big thing is they want to keep some of their independence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I have to take a lot of it, you know, just making sure they're safe. But I know they wouldn't know if I got the conservatorship, but I just I want them to be as independent as they can be for as long as they can be. Yeah. yeah. Which is so a great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm curious what a typical day in your life looks like, you know? Because you also have a daughter. Yeah, you also have a daughter. Yes. You, I mean, you're your own person, too. You're taking so. care of a lot. So what does yes. a typical day look like? I'm sure no day is really typical, but. No, it's all different. And it really just depends on your attitude in the morning. So the morning is my critical time to see if we're going to have a good or a bad day. You know, oh. I wake up around 6 a.m., um, 6.30 a.m. And my daughter, she's very self-sufficient. She's nine. And she understands the role I have to take on as the caregiver for my parents. So truly, I'm very blessed to have her as a daughter because she tries so hard to be as independent as possible so I don't have to focus on doing as much for her as I do for my parents. Wow. And she's just amazing that way. I would never ask her to do that. And of course, like, I still work on trying to be a parent to her, but she's just amazing. So I'll wake up in the morning and she'll make her own breakfast and I'll take her to school. And, um, and then I come home, her school's about five minutes away. So I just let my parents sleep because putting them in the car, my yeah. dad gets very confused in the car. So I mm. just leave and then I come back home real quick and then I wake up my parents um they're in two separate rooms but they're on the same hallway so I literally just open one door hey mom close it open the next door hey dad close it and uh we wake up for breakfast and people with dementia if you go in there and you're like hey dad you know how are you I hope you're doing well how did you sleep you go in there with a positive attitude in my dad's case 99% of the time he's going to wake up in a great mood and and he's going to have a great day. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. But if I go in there stressed out over something or 
upset and even the tone of my voice is different and he can tell it's he's bad he's mad he's angry so he really feeds off of the energy in the room that's so interesting yeah yeah my mom kind of does too my dad cognitively is a lot more damaged than my mom is so my mom can sense reality my dad will sometimes think we're in outer space or like Mm -hmm. you know he'll think that for some reason the my house is a jail cell and so like you know, I think a lot of dementia patients feel that way. So I try and just open the windows as much as possible, you know, let people know like, hey, this is an open area. Like we are not trapped in here. There is, it is safe. It is outside. It is, you know, you can leave if you want kind of vibe, but he, I hope he wouldn't, but he can, but please don't. Yeah. <laughs> you're like, I don't yeah. want to have to come get you. <laughs> yes, please. But it's just really making breakfast. And then, you know, we, my parents exercise regimen is so different. My dad, he can walk about 10 feet and then he'll have to sit down. He gets so dizzy and confused and scared. My mom could walk a couple miles if you let her, you know, so it's just we have to figure out things that both of them can do. Mm-hmm. And then at the same time, my parents are divorced. My mom doesn't really like my dad's company, <laughs> but my dad is like still madly in love with my mom. So oh it's my like gosh. he's like, Rhonda, let me help you. Let me help you. And she's like, Scott, leave me alone. Like. So we just constantly, it it can get funny sometimes, you know, sometimes it's not, but it's all day. It's really never similar, like you said, but all day, it's just trying to maintain a positive attitude so that we can get through the day. And then I make dinner and then my fiance gets home and she usually steps in. She'll, she'll usually make dinner and I'll go chill in the room, you know, take a shower or decompress, play some video games, do something. And then. We hang out. Lily goes to bed. I put my parents to bed and then we'll have probably an hour of chill time time. and then we go to bed and it's just the same every day. It's really just making sure you're 100 percent so that the people you take care of can be 100 percent. Yeah. You can't give from an empty cup. Yeah. Yeah. No, you can't. Yeah. I'm so glad you prioritize yourself. Do you get a break? Like, is there do you have can you take a weekend off? I mean, is that even possible? I wish it was more possible. Uh, the last weekend, I was actually flown out to Vegas a couple weeks ago to attend an event, the Power of Love Gala, um, and that's for the it's for the um, it's for a center of brain disease in Nevada. Oh, wow. And so I was able to go there, and my sister helped take care of my parents, and they stayed over here. Uh, she stayed over here for the weekend, so that was nice. But I did come home, and my sister was just like. How do you do this? That was, yeah, how do you do it? That was one of the hardest things I've ever done. And yeah. she was, you know, and she's moving to Chicago next month. So I'm not sure how we're going to be able to do anything once she leaves. Oh I really don't. I really don't. Well, because you really have so much on your plate because you have to manage medications. You have medical, dev- I know you have, your mom has type one, right? Type yeah, one? type one diabetes. My mom does. So I do too. And so Omnipod, Dexcom, all these medical Mm -hmm. devices, schedules. And then on top of that, you have the memory loss element to deal with. Mm -hmm. So how did you learn how to care for somebody with memory problems? Was it instinctual or did you kind of have to go to a training or... Even these things where your dad's like in outer space or, or he's scared. in high school, yeah. you know, do yeah. you, how do you know what to do? There's been absolutely no training. I've had no training, no classes, no nothing. It's all trial and error. Um, you know, I speak to my dad 
he tells me he's scared and he tells me he's confused and just like he acts somewhat like a toddler. And so mm. I look at it like, you know, what would you do if a toddler or a little kid was sitting there telling you I'm scared and confused? You know, you would yeah. comfort them. You would talk to them in a way that they're respected, but also listened to. Mm -hmm. And um, I find that when I speak to my parents with compassion, even though it's really hard sometimes, it's really hard to be respectful to people who are disrespecting you or don't seem to care how you're feeling or anything. It's really hard, but I've, I have tried to go the route of giving the same energy I'm getting, mm. uh, you know, like you want to be mean. Okay. I don't have to be nice, uh, but it never ends up going well for me. Yeah. It always ends up, you know, me having to, cause you can't expect people with brain damage, brain, brain damage and brain disease to meet you on the same level right. cognitively and intellectually. You cannot expect that. And I think once you let that go and once you realize, hey, these people are not on the same level as me, so I can't I can't meet them with this pettiness, this sarcasm, this anger. It's got to be with love. And yeah. I do. I love my parents. And, you know, we didn't I didn't have the ideal childhood with my dad. He wasn't around as much as I feel he should have. So my mom raised me. Um, but still instilled values in me that family is everything and it is hard and I do cry and I have to set those boundaries of, Hey, you're really upsetting me. I've got to go in my room. Like I need a minute as long as they're safe. I need to go. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, I feel just kind of taking deep breaths and, you know, just taking the higher road. Which is and so trial and hard. Error. I'm sure. Yeah. Like, you know, that's oh, it's like, so hard. That's, you know, and your yeah, parents too. You know. you, I feel like when I'm around my parents, I kind of revert back to my teenage self. You know, you get <laughs> yeah. a little bit more <laughs> angsty. Yeah. And, and they and, were giving it too. Like yeah. my whole life, we're all sarcastic. We can all be petty. Like we all, you know, kind of make fun of each other a little bit to be humorous. Like, you know, we all mess around with each other and that's normal. But, and then to just go from, acting with your parents one way to a completely different way, like basically overnight takes time. Like, mm -hmm. oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that, you know, you, th this was going to upset you so bad. Last year, we all were all laughing about this. Like, you know, yeah, it's, right. It's completely different than it used to be. If we all had to learn it. Yeah. If, if you don't mind me asking, do your both of your parents recognize you, understand their relationship to you or has that declined as well? My mom definitely knows who I am. Yeah. I think her first day out of the hospital, she was a little confused who I was. But then after that, we've had no issues with her knowing me or my sister or her family. My dad, that's a completely different story. He recognizes me as somebody that he loves and cares about mm -hmm. and that loves and cares about him. Um, I'm either his daughter or I'm his sister or I'm his wife. I hate that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, I really hate that, that one. That's but, fair. You know, that's very fair. Yeah. Uh, you know, or he'll think I'm just some like nice woman, caring nurse yeah. lady around. Like he won't know my name. So he'll call me like buddy or cutie or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. like, you know, he but he knows that he can feel comfortable around me and he knows that I'm somebody that's going to help him when he needs help. Yeah. So luckily we haven't gotten to the point in my dad's brain disease where he's like scared of me. Yeah. But like my fiance, you know, we've been engaged over a year. We've been dating almost four years. So my dad definitely knows her, but he every day does not know who she is. Wow. So when she comes home from work, 
he'll like look at her a little confused, but he's nice about it. And she's nice to him. And again, it's how she introduces herself. You know, she's got to come in and be like, hey, Scott, I'm Audrey. I hope you're having a great day. It's good to see you. And he's happy-go-lucky. Hey, Audrey, I love you. I hope, it's, <laughs> hope you've got a great day. You know, but if she yeah. comes in in a bad mood and is, like, not talking, then he's like, the hell's her problem? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Where'd so she come from? <laughs> right. Who the hell is that getting all mad? I'm like, oh, God. Okay. So I'm wondering, as these things progress, is there a time when you would have to put either of them in a facility for memory problems or what's your take on that if you have any so my mom hasn't been I have not been told by any of my mom's doctors that she's going to need a home of any of any sort um, maybe if she you know when she gets older if you have brain damage you're more likely to get dementia as you yeah. get older so you know maybe later on in life if we get to that route for her possibly but my dad all of his doctors have said that he should be in a an assisted living facility right now okay yeah. um, and i am just having personally a very hard time with that myself of course yeah so i'm just trying to keep him here with me as long as he is safe and everyone here is safe um you know there have been acts he has been violent before and he has you know ran away before and to where, you know, people have asked me, don't you think that's dangerous or where's the limit? You know, I'm just having a really hard time. He has never done anything to my daughter or made me think that he would feel any type of way or do anything dangerous towards her because she's a little girl. And my dad has never, you know, my dad wasn't a violent person before this. Mm -hmm. So he's just never given that reason. But if there ever comes a time where he is endangering himself or others, like constantly or it's becoming, you know, very dangerous for my nine-year-old or for anybody else, yeah. then, yeah, you know, I don't ever want her to be in a situation where she remembers my, my dad would hate it if he knew that my daughter saw him acting out of character like that. So um, yeah, it's, no, it's a tough it's, subject, but it's, yeah, it's a really yeah. difficult decision. And I really wanted to say thank you for being vulnerable and honest about that oh, yeah. what that decision even looks like and the complexities mm -hmm. of it because it's I, so nuanced yeah totally oh yeah and, and caregivers are so looked down upon when they decide to put their loved one mm -hmm. in an assisted living facility and i don't i don't think that's right i think you know you best and if you cannot provide the care that your loved one needs in home yeah then you got to do what's best for them and sometimes it's a sad situation and that's that's the unfairness of life, unfortunately. Yeah, especially when they're so complicated. I mean, this stuff yeah. is not just a... It's also very case-by-case, case, yeah. you know? It's yeah, like absolutely. Person-by-person. The person. brain is insane, you know? You could have just a little poke in one part of the brain and not even know how to speak English anymore, you know? <laughs> Seriously. Or my, dad's, um, my dad is so cognitively impaired, but they can't even see it on a brain scan. They would say my dad would have to pass and they would have to cut his brain in half and put it under a microscope to, really to see what's going the exact on. area of where it's damaged. But it's oh he's God. so messed up and it's so crazy what the brain can do. So yeah, case by case, you never yeah. know what somebody needs. Um, I'm curious, what are some things that you wish you knew about caregiving when you first began or maybe some advice you could give to somebody who's beginning this journey or thinking about this journey or knowing that it's coming up soon what 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 do you wish you knew I wish I knew that it's okay to set boundaries for yourself mm. and it's okay 
for your feelings to not be 100% positive about the experience. You know, I think caregivers' feelings should, are valid. And, you know, like a lot of us, especially in my case, didn't ask to become caregivers, didn't necessarily want to go that route. I never thought of myself as somebody who would take care of people in their old age. And, you know, I never thought that, but when it came down to it and I had to do it, big advice is don't try and do it alone Mm. uh, because, you know, it, it, you can't do it alone. You cannot, it's impossible. And you need somebody to talk to you need, you know, there's support groups out there virtually, or you can go in person just for caregivers of brain damaged people, you know, like they have specific groups, they have, you cannot do it alone and you've got to set those boundaries. Those are my number two things, you know, and, and if you do need, like we were just talking about, if you do need to put your loved one in an assisted living facility, try not to feel so much guilt about it. You're yeah. going to feel guilt because that's how society has taught us to feel when we put people in homes. But like that guilt will eat you alive and you got to do what's best for them. Yeah. For them and for you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. For you. And I have a hard time putting myself first above my parents because, you know, there's so much trauma in caregiving. And usually how people become caregivers is followed by a traumatic experience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, And so, you know, like I'm scared you know people are like why don't you leave your parents with a nurse because i'm scared or why don't you put your parents in a why don't you leave and you know leave somebody with your parents because i'm scared yeah Yeah. i don't want this to happen again because this was horrible and you know caregivers are so underappreciated it's insane yeah well also i think another element that people should know about and I know you've talked about this a little bit on TikTok, but is is how you're able to take care of them financially. Mm-hmm. That is a whole thing. So yeah. I do get paid to be a caregiver for my mom. And so that's a program. And this is in North Carolina. I think it's a federal program, so I'm not positive. But in North Carolina, there's a program called CAPDA. C-A-P slash D-A. You just call their Medicaid caseworker. You got to have Medicaid first. Then once they have Medicaid, you call the caseworker and say, hey, I am a, my loved one is, has, I need to be their caregiver. You know, if you have a neighbor or a friend that you want to be their caregiver for, I don't think you have to apply for CAPDA. This is specifically if you're related Hmm. to the patient because there's a whole stigma behind it. If you're related to the patient, oh, you're not really going to take care of them. Oh, you're going to use their disability oh, money. Oh, wow. You're gonna, wow. Yeah. You know, it's a whole interview process. So you you uh, get those forms mailed to you. You have to take them to a doctor and have a doctor sign off on why they believe they should have a caregiver that's related to them or me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, you get that paperwork filled out and you'd send it in. And then they're like, okay, well, now you're on a waiting list. So technically you have to wait for somebody to pass away for a caregiver to be, or for a case manager to be available. Oh, goodness. Then we can get you started. So then we had to wait for that. And then the case manager calls and they're like, okay, so now you have to find a facility that accepts patients and is accepting CAPDA. So 40 different facilities in my area, I had to call them all. And I found one. But once I found one and all that happened, I went for an interview for the job and they pay me. It's not a livable wage by myself. 
but my mom finally got accepted for disability about a year after her accident and after applying for it. And then so my mom does help pay bills and I pay bills and my fiance, she works full time and she pays the bills. So my dad does not have any disability and I am not getting paid to be his caregiver. And he's been living with me for over a year now. And there has been no source of income besides TikTok wow. to help me take care of my dad. And, and I have like a GoFundMe set up. Why is that? They find it so hard with my dad because you cannot see the brain damage on the scan. Oh, that's what oh, you God. And my mom, with hers, they there is literal, like yeah. you can see the damage easily. It's permanent. It's a lot. You can see it. It's on the hippocampus, which is a very prominent part of the brain. It's very obvious on a scan. My dad's, you can't see it at all. So it's, you know, it's all just... Is he really disabled? Is it permanent? How long does it last? You know, it's just a lot of what ifs. So we're still, you know, I've called disability recently and we're just waiting. Wow. And then, well, you know, I, I hope you get the support that you deserve. Yeah. On TikTok, I get a lot of support, actually. <laughs> and I just never would have imagined that. Like last year, it's almost been a year now that I've been on TikTok. I just posted this random video of me taking care of my dad and asking him to stay the night because I ask him that every night and it blew up. And ever since then, people have been sending us things on our wish list. You know, people donate money to dad's GoFundMe or, you know, to like my Venmo or whatever. Wow. And it has been a lifesaver. Wow. You know, he, he has Medicaid, thank God. So for doctor's appointments, he's taken care of on that aspect. But like my dad, ever since his brain injury, eats like I've never seen a human being eat. Oh my God. Because his brain resets about every 10 minutes and he forgets that he ate because the receptors in your brain are what tell your stomach it's full. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he doesn't have those. So every 10, 20 minutes, I'll feed my dad a full course meal. And I swear to God, 30 minutes later, he'll be like, I am so hungry, I could die. (gasps) Oh my God. It's insane. How do you monitor that? How do you make sure he's not like eating to the point that he's going to get sick? Oh, girl, I have to lock everything. (laughs) Our locks on my fridge, locks on my cabinet, all the like, I have right here these cookies because I can't have them out there. They all have to be in my room. So I've gained weight because now I'm laying in bed (laughs) eating all this stuff that I'm hiding from my dad. Right, you have the whole whole pantry in your room. Yes, I have it all in here (laughs) because he will, like, in the middle of the night, I have a ring camera in the living room and I'll look and he will just, he's broken locks, just trying to open it to get food. Like, he's so strong and he doesn't know his own strength. So, like, I'll leave a snack out for him. I leave out a bunch of fruit, bananas, oranges, apples. I leave them all there on the counter so he doesn't have to look through my cabinet so he doesn't break them. <laughs> but sometimes it's just not enough or sometimes he doesn't want a banana. And I don't – he ate a whole bag of um, zero-sugar Reese's cups the other day. I don't know how he found those, but it's <laughs> it's different every morning. Oh so, God. like, every morning I wake up and I have to, like, meditate in my room and be like, Bailey, do not let what you're about to see in the kitchen <laughs> – in your day yeah because it's always something it's all at least he's eating something that humans are supposed to eat this time i'm I'm oh yeah you know yeah yeah no oh yeah he'll bring out the dog food if he's hungry enough it's insane i've never i've never ever i was alive one time and i went in my dad's room and there was dog food containers wet dog food containers on his nightstand and i was just like (laughs) 
all of us had we didn't know what to say i was dumbfounded oh i never God. i was like but he doesn't remember so you can't even get mad yeah, at him right. you get mad. yeah you know yeah and you don't want to wake him up angry about dog food so it's like i hope your stomach's okay right like, like do you Duh. feel okay yeah like how are you feeling <laughs> yeah and he's yet to get sick so I don't understand. That is so Thank God. Wild. Well, mm -hmm. Bailey, thank you so much for taking the time. Your time is so precious. Yes. Taking the time to talk to us. And you guys are the best. No, and telling your your story, sharing your parent story with the world, just seeing the way that you're handling this is one so inspiring, but you're also just so truthful. And so I think it it really does give people like a realistic expectation of what that could look like in their lives, you know? Thank you so much. That means so much to me. And, you guys um, are so sweet. And if that TV uh, producer comes out and doesn't work out, you can call me because I think you guys yes. have a really interesting story. It. I'm not kidding. I'm like <laughs> going to email I'll you after call this. You. Yeah. yeah, I would like to talk to you because I, I we have a production company and I just think there's something so... I also have my grandparents live in my dad's home and are divorced as well. Yeah. And there's just something. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and How does your dad feel about that? He loves it. He wants everybody oh, okay. yeah, in the house forever. <laughs> oh, but, that's good. Okay. I love that. But but I don't know. I just, there's something so special about your story. And I, anyways, I'd love and to I talk think, to you more about it. And just like the way that you shine light on caregivers mm -hmm. because, you know, as you've pointed out, they're so basically disrespected by the government for one yeah. Yeah. I mean everybody medical staff too everybody yeah and and I think when people really get to hear your story and see if if you're listening and you don't follow Bailey on TikTok you should go look because the amount of true like caregiving that you do every day is unbelievable mm -hmm. it's really oh, unbelievable wow. and you, um, you deserve all the respect in the world Thank you, guys. That means so much to me. I try really hard. And at the end of the day, my parents taught me to love. So I I'm giving back the love that they gave me. And yeah. I wouldn't take back any of it. It's hard and it's sad, but I we're spending time together that we didn't have before. So yeah, yeah. very blessed. Making the best of every day. Yeah. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Bailey. We wish thank the best you. for you. Yeah. Um, Me too, guys. Yeah, and, and we'll keep in touch. We'll we chat again. In, we will keep in touch. Let's chat again <laughs> soon, ladies. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. You, Thank too. you too. Bye, baby. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. I was like getting teary eyed. Me too. I was like, she's so <sighs> genuine. And yeah. I mean, this is her real life. I, mean, I don't know how you can be more genuine than like this is your real life. Yeah. But and just like so selfless and but also just so real about how hard it is yeah I, and she's not you know I think what's really nice and refreshing is that she's not trying to be like I'm their caretaker and I love every second of it and I don't resent this at all you know it's like because no. the reality is anybody in her position would be like Holy shit, this is... I just, like, I'm thinking, like, I so love my parents. I just, like, I can't imagine me having to do that. Yeah. You know? And giving up your life, really. <sighs> you know? Like, it's so selfless. I mean, we've said it a million times. And then for her to also have such a positive outlook and I positive know. attitude and be like, 
my attitude affects them, so let me get myself straight. I mean, she's like a superhuman. It's so inspiring. Yeah. Well, you guys, we hope you learn more about caring for older adults, what it entails to become a full-time caretaker, and how to find support while being a caretaker. And if you know someone in your life who's a caretaker, make sure you let them know that you are there for them. Yes. You support them. Ask them how you can help. Yes, exactly. And also, you know, when we asked Bailey to be on, we said, is there anything you're promoting? You know, we we asked our guest that and she said no. But we'll put the, um, her Venmo and her dad's GoFundMe in, in our show notes. Yes, we will. Yeah, yeah. If you want to support her. Yeah. Okay, Nat. Well, let's circle back on the Desoy. 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 Sparkling non-alcoholic aperitif. Oh, it does say lemon balm. Yes, that's what I kept saying, lemon balm. Oh, I thought you were saying, because you kept saying it's giving lemon balm. And so I'm like, is that some sort of thing that I don't know about? No, I'm just saying it's giving that there's lemon balm in here. It really is. Okay, well, let's introduce our little hottie. Our hottie of the week is Seth Rogen because he has an Alzheimer's charity. Yeah. He does a lot of um, charity work. Yeah. His wife, his so his father-in-law mm-hmm. has Alzheimer's. And so they've every year they do these like huge fundraisers. It's like a con- it's hilarity it like, for charity. Yeah, that one, that one, that one. Yeah, and they do like carnivals and stuff, and they've donated so much money to Alzheimer's um, research. So for that we stand, Seth and for Rogan. that he is a ten. For that he's a ten. <laughs> okay, one to Seth Rogen. It's very like medicinal, refreshing in yeah. In um, I could see this being on ice in like. A glass at the cocktail hour of a fancy wedding. Yeah, you know what? I feel like you could also drink this, like, yeah, in a glass on ice, um, like, in Italy, like, on the... Yeah, it has a, a very faint, like, almost like a very natural ginger ale taste. Mm-hmm. Is there ginger There's in a little it? bit of, like, I... There's a little floral happening, too. I think the Earl Grey... Oh, elderflower extract. Hops. Bay, yeah, lemongrass. It's kind of hard to explain. I prefer this one to the um, kin? the kin one. I would give this one a six. Let me take one more sippy. I'll meet you at six. Six. Yeah. Okay. A six out of Seth Rogen. All right, this is the part of the episode where we play a little wrap-up game, and this week it's BFF Quiz. BFF Quiz. Okay, let's do... So this is a 170 questions. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we've done this... I don't know if we've done this one before. So pick a number between... 33. 33, 33. Mm-hmm. Um, this one's kind of dumb, but not, not a bad one. Okay. Which do I prefer, day or night? That's actually very I was going to say, it's actually kind of hard. I don't know. I don't see you as a day person. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. not like, because you don't hike. Like, I wouldn't be like, you're like a day gal. Yeah. I would actually say you're more night. You give night vibes. Yeah. This is a great question that I was thinking about the other day. What? What type? What? If you were to be a time of day, what What time of day are you? <sighs> like, what time of day is your personality? I feel like I'd have to ask you that for me. Like, what what is my time of day? Your 
time of day? I think you're like so I just have a number in my head, so I'm curious what you're gonna say. It could really go in a couple different directions. I think you're like a ten thirty eight AM. I was gonna say I was eleven. I'm like, I feel like an eleven. An eleven AM. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so we're close on that. Yeah. Okay. Let me see what you would be a time. I would say you're seven forty seven. Seven forty seven. What do you feel okay. like? I feel like I would be like a like an eleven PM. I don't see you out late. No, because you don't you don't want I feel like there is a certain point in the night that you shut down. I shut down at about one in the morning. Really? Yeah. But when we're out, I feel like there's like Oh you like get to a point where you're like Oh, like I'm like, <laughs> get me the fuck home. Yeah, like I gotta go. Yeah. Um like your social battery runs. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah, yeah. It depends on the situation yeah. for sure. But like in my own being, you feel like an eleven PM. I feel like an eleven PM. But I could see like seven forty seven. No, maybe maybe more like an eight eight forty or nine thirty. Yeah. It's definitely evening though. It's def- definitely evening. Yeah. And you're more day morning. Day morning. Yeah. I hate the middle of the day. Yeah. Sorry, and you're not like early morning though. Because no. you're like it's not, and it, this isn't like you liking or not liking. It's just like your essence. But like too early, like early, early morning is like a different vibe. You're like a mid-morning, like the sun's out. You're fresh for the day. But it's not like the midday slump and it's not like, fuck, I'm, I need coffee, you know? Yeah. That's your vibe. Oh, my God. Okay, I love that. Okay, so uh, pick a number one through 170. Um... I'm going to go with 122. I'm curious about this. How has your perspective on life changed over the past few years? So you're asking me this or you're asking what I think you would No, think? it says ask your best friend this. I'm asking oh, you. Oh, what has my perspective, my pers- what, what was the question? What, how has your perspective on life changed over the past few years? Oh, Jesus Christ. How long do we have? The past few years, I mean, remember pre-pandemic? Yeah. My perspective on life has changed immensely. I think my perspective on life has just become more like, this doesn't sound right, but like nothing matters. Mm. Not in like a nothing matters a lot, but in like a nothing really matters. You know, the little things that we get like so. Yes. Yes, and it's hard for me because my brain likes to choose those little tiny things and then obsess about them and, like, go spiral into oblivion. But in retrospect, it's always like, none of that mattered. Yeah. You know? The real things that matter are just, like, the cliche, like, the people you love, the time you spend with them, like, all that stuff. And not, like, I said the dumbest fucking thing to, you know, whoever, you know? Also, like, no one, yeah, no one's, like, paying attention as much as you think right right and nobody everyone's thinking about themselves everybody's thinking about themselves not in a selfish way but like everyone's experience like yes no one's like focusing on you as much as you think right relieving it's relieving but it's hard to actually come to terms with you know yeah like it's one element to have the consciousness of like none of this shit matters we're just like in this galaxy flying around and it always works out you know like in one way or another, but then sometimes, you know, if you've got mental illness, it's like, 
I'm thinking trash cans are going to explode <laughs> and like, who fucking knows? <laughs> Not back to the explosion. Not back to the here. explosion. <laughs> There's something else that I've recently started being afraid of and it's dumb. What is if it? If you guys don't know, one of Natalie's core fears is things exploding. Explo- spontaneously. Yeah, out of nowhere. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's always something that I've done. Like I've done something that creates an explosion. Right. And like, that's never happened. No. Yeah. No. But I am very <laughs> afraid of it. Yeah. I'm very afraid of it. The one thing that really does scare me as an adult is like my crock pot or like that. What, what's it? That pressure cooker thing. Oh, yeah. Because those actually, they make bombs out of those. I know. Those could explode. And then I think usually it's more of like, oh, my God, what if it exploded and it like shot through the top of my roof or my ceiling into my neighbor's and it like hit her and she died. Yeah. But I lived. Now, I killed someone by this complete fluke. Like, that is, like, this is where my mind goes. Yeah. Why? (laughs) Why? Why is that? Nothing matters. Why? Why do I choose that? Oh, my God. Okay, you guys. Well, we hope you liked this episode. Um, If you did, give us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts, and we will be back next week with another episode. Goodbye. Love you guys.